Hello, my name is Michael D'Angelo. Welcome to Let This Mind Be In You, or if you're a return listener, welcome back. This is a ministry founded on proclaiming the gospel to the lost and exhorting Christians to remember that we have the mind of Christ, so let this mind be in you. Please make sure to like, share, and subscribe with all of your friends and family. And if you'd like to reach me, you can reach me at ltmbiy at yahoo.com. That's ltmbiy at yahoo.com. I also have a Facebook page. You can find that at Let This Mind Be In You Ministries. Just search for that. Also, you can find us on YouTube at Let This Mind Be In You. On this Let This Mind Be In You, we're going to be looking at 1 John chapter 5. As we finish up a study of 1 John 5, we're going to look at a, um, boy, just all sorts of th- different things. So I pray that you uh, listen to the entirety of the uh, of the study. I pray that you listen to the entire thing. But uh, we're going to, the title is That Ye May Know. And uh, boy, it was so good to even study through this. So join me now for Let This Mind Be In You as we finish up 1 John with 1 John chapter 5. And hello and welcome back to Let This Mind Be In You. I'm Brother Michael D'Angelo here with you on another Thursday night. And I appreciate you. um, Well, it's Thursday night for me. And it should be when this video uploads for you back at home in the States. Um, and, I, and I hope you're all having a blessed day and that, um, you know, every day in Christ is a, is a, is a great day. We are new creatures in Christ, and uh, we're going to look about uh, the, the knowledge, the joy of our salvation that ye may know is the, uh, is the title. Uh, we're going to be in 1 John chapter 5, that ye may know. What a great statement. We can know. Um, remember, like I said, I can't know this about you. But through the word of God, you can know this about yourself. Have you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and his finished work on the cross, the death, burial, and resurrection, the good news, the gospel, the simplicity of the gospel? Have you done that? And uh, we're going to be looking at that tonight. And uh, if you've done that, you know. Okay? There's times, obviously, in my life even, that we can doubt that at times. We can have, we can go through times of uh, the fellowship is is broken. Uh, we have, we get away from the Lord. We have a lot of things in our lives and stuff like that. But Jesus Christ started the work in you. He's the one that saved you. He's the one that sealed you. The Spirit sealed you into the day of redemption. And because of that, you can know now, if you got things in your life that is causing you that doubt, go back to that time, go back to that moment where you came to the end of your own righteousness and put your faith and trust in his righteousness. Remember, he was the, the sacrificial lamb led to the slaughter. He shed his blood for you and for me. And because of that, our sins have been forgiven if we put our faith and trust by faith, by grace, through faith, as Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, not of works, lest any man should boast. If you've done that, if you've done that, you can know and have the joy of your salvation renewed again to you. Um, again, I've, I, I'm just speaking from personal experience. I've been there. I know what it's like where I, I've doubted at times uh, where I think to myself, boy, I'm being, I'm under the chastening uh, of God and I think to myself, I'm like, wow, this is not the way that a child of God should act. If you look at back at uh, some of my uh, Let This uh, Mind Be In You on these videos, 
or if you're on the plot, uh, podcast platform and listening right now, uh, there's a series where I talk, talk about what's on my mind. And in one of those, I talk about remember who you are. Go back and watch that. A lot of the same stuff we're going to be covering tonight, um, but I just wanted to put that out first and foremost. Speaking of podcast platforms, please like, share, subscribe on if you're listening to this. Uh, it helps get the word out, not monetized. And um, I don't say that for sympathy. I just say that because I'm just here to preach the word. I'm not monetized. So in order to, for the algorithms, the, the way the computers work and the way that these things get moved up is for you to like, share, and subscribe yourself. And uh, what that does is really help get the message out, the, just the pure word of God. And um, that's what I try to do here. And uh, tonight I'll be saying some things that I'm going to preface by saying there's some things that I'm just not sure about uh, when, I, when I go through 1 John 5 here. And I will tell you what I'm thinking, uh, my personal opinions or thoughts on a verse, but I always preface that. I always make sure that I tell you that's what I'm doing, okay, um, if it doesn't spell it out clearly. And I just want to talk through a few things. So I encourage you to listen uh, if you're on the podcast platforms. Um, listen to the entirety of this podcast. If you're watching on YouTube or Facebook, I appreciate you stopping by and watching it here on this channel. Uh, please do the same. They got the same algorithms on Facebook and, and uh, YouTube and the like. And so since I'm not monetized on any of those platforms, this is all self-funded. And praise the Lord, he's given me the, the means to do such. And, um, and I just want to be a blessing to you. Okay, there's, there's a spot, I think, on my, I think it's on my YouTube channel. Yes, where there's a spot that you can donate through PayPal. I mention it very rarely because that's not why I do this, okay? So it, that's not why, okay, at all. Um, really, this is uh, something that the Lord laid on my heart to do uh, because it's essentially, when it comes right down to it, it's a reminder for me to die daily and uh, to uh, be conformed daily into the image of Jesus Christ. Let this mind be in you as we talked about in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5, and that's what it's based on. But please, help share, subscribe, um, making comments, uh, leaving comments below, even if it's an amen, um, helps drive the algorithm and uh, helps get the, the the videos out there and for them to be seen. Somebody can stumble across them and uh, so they can hear the simplicity of the gospel, which we'll talk about again tonight, and uh, the beauty of the grace of Jesus Christ, the, the creator God and how that he humbled himself and took on the form of a servant and suffered and bled and died for you and me. That was the, the atonement. That was the ultimate sacrifice, as it talks about in the book of Hebrews, when his veil, his flesh, was torn for us. And in the shedding of blood, there was remission. Because it says, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. But he abolished sins, he obliterated sins. Um, it's a free gift. It's an absolute free gift, so I pray that you've done that. And if you have and you're in Christ, you're in the church of the living God, and you're saved, born again, all those different things uh, that we describe it as, if you are, you can know that, as we'll talk about here in 1 John 5. So turn on your Bibles to 1 John chapter 5. I need to get there myself. 1 John chapter 5. And I uh, really... I've studied through this before, and I've taught through this before at uh, my uh, local church that uh, that I gathered with in Hagerstown, Maryland, uh, New Testament Church of Hagerstown. 
Hello to you if you're watching. And um, I taught through First John before, but every single time that I, I, I go through the, the Word of God, boy, something new just pops out. And it did as I was studying through this as well. And it's new to me. There's nothing new under the sun. This is forever established. Thy word is established in heaven forever. Oh, Lord, you know, this, this is um, what shall always be. This is even magnified above the name of God. And that's uh, Psalms 138, verse 2. But what I'm saying is, is that such an amazing, spirit-inspired, spirit-preserved words of God. And um, for everyday life, and I just learn something new every single day uh, that I open up this word of God and um, he speaks to me. And, um, you know, not in the audible voice in which I'm speaking right now, but because of the spirit within me, it testifies. Boy, we're going to talk about that as well. So uh, turn in your Bibles to First John chapter 5. We're going to read, start reading in verse number 1. And it says here, boy, it starts out great. Remember, the entirety of this uh, letter has been talking about with that theme that I've, I've talked talk to you about, are you in the faith? You know, just like Paul asked, are you in the faith? Only you can know that about yourself. I'm just to preach the word. Uh, anybody that's a, a Bible teacher, anybody that opens up the word of God needs to preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, okay? That is what we're doing here. And John, as he is writing, is basically just saying, look, here it is. You can know. If the spirit is within you, it's going to testify. It's a witness within you. You know, we 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 see, uh, you know, the old uh, Perry Mason, and you'll you know the different shows with, uh, you know, lawyers and so forth, and they're and they're always talking to witnesses. You know, the police officer interviews witnesses, and they testify to something. You have the Creator God that testifies of Himself here in His Word. And he also testified of himself when he was here on this earth. And that's really, really important as we go through this. All right. Take my drink of tea here. And um, um, as a quick word of um, uh, a prayer request, um, be praying for Brother Tony Ledbetter. Uh, his mother-in-law, I believe is what he said to me today. Brother Tony, for uh, if you're watching, prayed for you today uh, and your family. As, uh, and for your mother-in-law, um, she's getting along in age, I guess, and uh, they're trying to, uh, you know, pray and, and deal with the best way to uh, take take care of her. And uh, that's uh, that's got to be uh, tough, but uh, we have a comforter, brother. And um, so I, I prayed for you today, and I ask all you that are watching this to pray for Brother Tony Ledbetter and uh, his wife, Kim, and I believe it's her mom that they're having to take care of. And also be in prayer for me. Uh, there's some things that uh, I'm going to remain unspoken at the time um, of the making of this video or this podcast. And um, I just would, would appreciate your prayer, okay, that I would be surrendered to the will of the Father, okay? Let this mind be in you. So let's open up the mind of Christ here. The Spirit-inspired words of God, as it says here in verse number one, whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone that loveth him that begat, loveth him also that is begotten of him. Okay, so while there's separation, as we're going to show here in a second, between the Father and the Son, okay, they're distinct members of the Godhead. Um, they, they separate, they can come together. Uh, these three are one. We're going to look at that in a second. But don't get that twisted. 
when it's talking about here, this is John 3.16, right? Everybody remembers that verse, right? The begotten. He was begotten. He wasn't created by God. He was begotten. The Holy Spirit overshadowed Mary, and he was born of the Holy Ghost, okay? Um, he didn't have man's blood in him. He had the righteous blood. The, the, there was no sin in him. He was all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. He was fully God and fully man at the same time. He had a body, a soul, and a spirit. By the way, all three members of that one body, body, soul, and spirit, were all divine. They were all God. It had to be. There's not two holy spirits, there's not two holy souls, and there's not two holy bodies floating around there somewhere. Okay? All the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Now, there's a lot of questions that come along with that. How did Jesus pray to himself? Uh, there's all sorts of different questions. Uh, how did the Father speak from heaven and the, and the Spirit descend like a dove And uh, on when Jesus was being baptized? We're going to look at a lot of this stuff. My answer to that question is, and I have said it repeatedly, I don't know how God can do those things. Being one being but able to separate three distinct members of the Godhead. I don't understand all that. I don't understand a God that's in, in eternity past and future at the same time. There's a lot of things I don't understand about God. Let me be very clear to you. Uh, that's why he's God. <laughs> our way, His ways are not our ways, okay? Like his thoughts are not our thoughts. We, we cannot know him to that extent. We can know what the Bible says about him. We can know that. We know that, hero Israel, I am the, the Lord. I know of no other. We know, of, you know, he says, one Lord. All these different kinds of things. We understand all that. These three are one, as we're about to look at in verse number seven. However, I can't understand that. I don't know how any of that works. I just know and have faith. See, I have faith in this, what the word of God says. I just read it. I believe what it says. Okay, I, I hope that clears that up. I know a lot of people want to have controversial type subjects and 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 have contention back and forth. I'm just going to tell you, I don't know, and I've said that before. I don't know. However, I take it by faith that we serve one Lord, one being, but there's three members. I don't understand it, but we're going to look at it tonight. Okay, I don't understand it, but. Look at verse number two. It says, by this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. Now, as we looked at um, all the way through 1 John here, remember we were trying to really focus on people that wanted to talk about either A, losing your salvation, um, which is not possible, or B, uh, people that believe... Um, uh, you can be sinlessly perfect in this life. Uh, like somehow in your own flesh, you know, even though it's still in sinful flesh, that somehow or another you can live a sinless life here on this earth. Uh, that's not possible as we've looked through this. As we've studied through this uh, and we've gone through all this, that has not been possible in one shape or form or the other. Nobody can be perfect in this life in their flesh. Their soul and their body, or excuse me, their soul and their spirit has been redeemed because of who is in us, who has sealed us, and also 
because we're seated together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You are, in essence, without sin. And we're going to look at that again. John's going to wrap this up very nicely, I think, in this letter. As he comes to a conclusion, as he starts drawing to a close, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he's going to basically come down to it, as we'll see here in a moment. But we know, by this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. Now, one of those commands, he said, what is the greatest commandment? And he, he's talking to a lot of people, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and thy soul. And, you know, we know the people that love the Lord, we can know them. You know, a lot of people talk a good game, but we can kind of know them by their walk, the ends of their conversation. By this, we know that we love the children of God. But no, notice, it's not talking about you knowing between or beyond a shadow of a doubt about somebody else. But you know, look at this, that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. You can know within yourself. Remember, I told you about that. I can't know with 100% certainty anybody's spiritual condition. I can know mine. I know mine. I have confidence, as we're going to talk about as well in this, in this chapter. I can have confidence. I can know but not because of anything I've done, but because of what, is he, what he has done. But when I have love for others and I consider others and I esteem others more highly than myself, I'm showing the love of God. I'm having the mind of Christ because he didn't consider himself. He humbled himself and went to the cross. That's Philippians 2 again. In order for me to be letting the mind of Christ come out, let this mind be in you, is when I know I have the mind of Christ, I can know these things because of the love I have for the brethren. Paul talks about that numerous times. Verse 3, for this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. Now, if this is talking about all the Ten Commandments or all the commandments and everything like that, in of yourself, in your flesh, you can't keep those. I challenge anybody. Now, look, Jesus, obviously, Jesus knew what people were thinking when they would come up and ask him questions. And this was really great. When they were talking about, well, yeah, I have, we keep these commandments and everything, Jesus would tell, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing, of course, he would tell them, he said, look, if you have lust in your heart, you don't even have to commit the physical act of adultery with a woman. But if you look upon a woman and lust after her, you've already committed adultery in your heart. That's a sin. Uh, thou shalt not commit Adultery, all right? I don't know any other way. I mean, the Bible is very clear on that. So we are constantly thinking things and, and, and letting things and bringing back into the bondage of different kinds of things. We're constantly doing that. So it's not talking about keeping those commandments, but it's talking about if you love God, if you're letting this mind be in you, you're going to love the brethren. You're going to esteem others more highly than yourself. And that's one of the, his commandments. Now, I, I didn't want to go back there, but I'm just coming to my thought here. I should have wrote this down where the Bible talks about, you know, the greatest, the commandment, the greatest commandment is this. And uh, I, I can't remember that, where that's at. Somebody have to write down in the comment section below where that's at. But uh, look that up later. And please leave that in the comment section. I'll probably go look it up as soon as I get done here. But this is what it's talking about. Because it says here, for whosoever... 
or excuse me, for whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Now, this is one of those verses that if you just read through it really quickly, it confuses you. It confuses me still. It's like, okay, who is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. I this Again, here's my personal opinion now. Even our faith means that even when... Because remember, it's a one-time event, okay? You're not being continually saved. It's the moment of salvation, you are sealed until the day of redemption. But what I think this is, is that even when we are wavering in our faith, like I talked about, like even when you're having your doubts, and even not necessarily your doubts, your how do I put this? Your faith wavers, let's put it that way, that we still have overcome the world because of who is in us. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So I believe this is talking about the Holy Spirit, obviously, and that it's because in you, as it says here, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith, even when our minds, we get in our own minds, get doubts and, and different things and a waver in the faith, that even our faith, it overcometh that. It's not dependent upon you. It's all upon him. It's dependent upon him, your salvation, your eternal security, your eternal uh, salvation is based upon his work, period, all of it. And that's, this is why we can, like, when you get down to that, look, go to the word of God and you start getting down on yourself, go to the word of God and go, oh, Lord, thank you. Lord, help me to have your mind. Help me to die to self. Paul had to pray the same thing. He had to die to self. I die daily, is what the Apostle Paul said. But as you look down through verse 2, all the way through verse 5, look at verse 5 as we finish this up. Who is he that overcometh the world? Here it is. But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. Who is it? it who is it that overcometh the world? He that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God knowing full well that Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is God. And knowing that, because he's in us, we've already overcome. See, that should make your joy be full. Remember, we talked about joy just in the very first part of the letter in 1 John 1. And as you go back there, like, it talks about, uh, where's it at? Yeah, in verse number 4, And these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. You can have joy again. Christian, if you're living in in in, in sin and, and things like that, we're going to look at something here in a minute towards the end of the chapter if I can ever get there. <laughs> but as we look at that later on, you can, I understand, I've been there, but you can have joy, the restoration of the joy of your salvation. If you're bringing yourself back into bondage though and sin, you'll never be happy. You'll never have joy, true joy and peace because even though you're saved and even though you're not going to lose your salvation, there can be loss of joy when you forget who you are. I, I encourage you to go back and watch that video or listen to that podcast to remember who you are. I have to be reminded daily, boy, whew. let's keep moving on here. Verse number six, there is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit, large S, capital S, Spirit, that beareth witness 
be just make sure you you write that down. Spirit beareth witness, because the spirit is truth. Now, as we look at this, something just really interesting kind of pops out to me when it says water and blood. And we're going to look at this again um, in verse number, I think, eight. So we'll turn back to to, um, to John chapter 19 here in just one second. So if you're, if you're watching or listening and, uh, and you're not driving, <laughs> go ahead and turn over to John 19. But remember what John is addressing in this moment, too, the heretical teaching. Remember we talked about that last time? Uh, that Jesus did not come in the flesh, that he was some sort of some kind of phantom or some kind of ghost, you know, where you could kind of see him, but he wasn't in, in true flesh, you know, or whatever. Um, I forget the name of the already, uh, docetism, docetism or something like that. I already forget, whatever. It's not important. The important thing is, is that remember what John was, was teaching against, the heretical teaching of that. Because remember who was at the cross, John was at the cross. And when he says water and blood, it just kind of re- it struck a nerve in me. Like it, I was like, ooh, turn back to John chapter 19. And, and I think you're already there if you've already turned over there. But John chapter 19 and verse number 30, something just popped out at me. Verse number 30, when Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he says, oh, he said, thank you, Lord, for this. It is finished. And he bowed his head, and he gave up the ghost. He died. <laughs> the Jews, therefore, because it was not the preparation, that the body should not remain, excuse me, because it was the preparation, that the body should not remain upon the cross on the Sabbath day. Remember, for that Sabbath day was a high day. And uh, go back to talking about which day of the week was Jesus crucified. As one of my first videos I did. I should probably go back and do that, redo that one. But anyways besought Pilate, verse number 31, that their legs might be broken and that they might be taken away. Then came the soldiers and break the legs of the first and of the other, which was crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was dead already, they break not his legs. But one of the soldiers with a spear pierced his side, and look at this, and forthwith came there out blood and water. John saw... John was teaching against the heresy of that Jesus was, did not come in the flesh. John saw flesh and blood. He saw water, as it says here, blood and water come out. People forget that. There's nothing by coincidence in the Bible. First John 5 talks about blood and water. I just wanted to read that water and blood there, even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood. And when I read that and I went back here to John, chapter 19 and verse number 34, and keep reading down through verse 37 um, with the prophecies and, and, the, and, the, and, and the Old Testament prophecies that, that prophesied that this would happen. But in verse number 34, pierced his side, and forthwith came there out blood and water. John saw. He was a witness to it. He saw it physically with his own eyes. Okay? He remembered that. And I think that's one of the things that we're, as we start to discuss these next couple of verses here, to keep in mind. Okay? Verse number 7. 
back in First John. Remember it, uh, the finishing on verse 6, and it is the Spirit that beareth witness because the Spirit is truth. Now look at verse 7. For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. Now, hopefully, you're reading a King James Bible, and that verse is there. Uh, some, well, versions. And I, I've really tried to get away from calling the King James Bible a, a, a version, King James Version. Um, I still say it, and it's sometimes out of habit or whatever, but other versions out there will not have this verse in there. Or they'll have a note saying that some of the other manuscripts and blah, 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 whatever. But the King James Bible says, the, and these three are one. And there are three, this is interesting, that bear record, or excuse me, witness in earth, the spirit, and the water, and the blood. And these three agree in one. Now, having said all that, I firmly believe wholeheartedly that these three are one. Three distinct members of the Godhead. Distinct, can separate, all that kind of stuff. As I explained to you, I don't understand it. But what I do understand is construction. Okay? That's my field. I, I get construction. We are constructed in the image, and we've talked about this, in the image of God. Male and female created he them. It doesn't have anything to do with our anatomy. It has to do with our construction. Body, a soul, and a spirit. These three are one. Okay? You can't separate from your spirit and your soul and so forth and so on and be everywhere at once and all these other kinds of things. That's God. Only God. That's what makes him God. However, we're created in his image. Three members, body, soul, and spirit in one. And what's really interesting about this, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. I believe that wholeheartedly because that's what the Bible says, plain and simple. I believe it wholeheartedly, body, soul, and spirit. And verse number nine kind of keeps going along with that. A lot of people read 1 John 5, 7, and 8. Awesome. Keep reading verse number nine. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater, for this is the witness of God which he hath testified of his Son. Now, we know that this is found in, uh, let's see, Mark chapter 1 and verse 11, Luke 3 verse 22, and Matthew 3 17. I don't know if you guys could hear that. There's a one of the uh, Spanish police uh, vehicles are going by. Anyways, uh, but these are these are three different references to where this uh, uh, the father says, "This is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased." And um, I meant to write this down, so I'm going to look this up as I as I talk this through just real quick. Uh, let's see here, soul. Hmm. Uh, 
I had it looked up before, but um, it, it's not important now. But it talks about uh, the whom my soul is well pleased. It's a it's a reference to the Old Testament, another prophecy where uh, the Father says this, uh, and I and I believe it hundred percent, absolutely take it by faith. But this is my beloved Son, whom I'm well pleased. But when you read verse nine, okay, and you're like, okay. This is the witness. This Jesus was being baptized, and there's the witness of, of of the of the Holy Ghost being coming down like a dove, and the Father saying, "This is my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased." So forth and so on. But look at verse number ten: He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. Now wait a minute. God is greater. Verse number nine: The witness of God is greater, for this is the witness of God that He hath testified of His Son. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar, because he believeth not the record that God gave of his Son. Now, if you were just coming to this and say, well, that seems like a pretty big contradiction. But the Bible is not contradicting itself when it says God, speaking of the Father, is in you. It says that in Ephesians. Well, I thought the Holy Spirit is in us. Yes. I, I've tried to explain this before. I, I don't know. I, I'm insufficient because I'm trying to explain a holy, righteous, and unknowable to that extent God. Like, I can't understand it when I talk about unknowable. I just know what the Bible says. Um, I, I can't understand it. I can't. Um, I take it by faith. However, this is not contradicting it itself. The Bible is not contradicting itself. The Holy Spirit, of course, is in you. The Bible also says Jesus is in us, and it says the Father is in us. Well, is that a contradiction? No, because these three are one. Each can claim that and not be a contradiction. I hope that makes sense. Look, I'm not trying to be controversial here. I'm not trying to teach some sort of new doctrine. This This is what the Bible said. The witness, who's it speaking of is the witness. Well, you say, Brother Mike, it seems like in context there, the witness is God the Father. And I would agree. God the Father made this witness. Verse number nine there. He testified of his son. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. But if you turn back (laughs) to John chapter 14. Now, we're we're not going to spend that much time because I've already talked about this before. But turn back to John chapter 14, starting in verse 6. When Jesus saith unto him, remember, uh, this is Philip, you know, or Thomas said, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If ye had known me, ye should have known my Father also, and from henceforth ye know him and have seen him. Okay, no man at any time has seen the Father. So how is this possible? Because if you've seen Jesus, you've seen the Father. This is what he tells Philip, because Philip asked the question. Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it suffices us. And, you know, if somebody told you that, you know, if you're standing there, you'd probably say the same thing. And Jesus goes down through here, all the way down through here. I'm not, I'm not going to read it for sake of time, okay? I'm not going to read it all. But as you read all the way down through here, look who's witnessing of him. It says the Spirit witnesses. Jesus was testifying of himself here on this earth in the flesh. Jesus Christ is come in the flesh, as John already talked about in First John 4. He's preaching against that heresy that he did not come in the flesh all day long. He said he is God fully. 
fully God. John is telling you this. Through the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit that's in you testifies as well, witnesses the same thing. It's a witness. The Holy Spirit's witness, the Father is a witness, and Jesus is testifying of himself. He's, wit- he's a witness right there. He says, I am my Father one. I'm telling you who I am. He tells the Pharisees. He tells all the religious people of the day who he is. He tells everybody, I am he. And they freak out because he is claiming to be God. Again, Jesus was fully God and fully man. Remember, God said he humbled himself. Philippians 2 says he humbled himself and took on the form of a servant. He wasn't created by God and as some sort of separate being. There's the same being. I'm, I'm, trust me. <laughs> I know how that can be misconstrued. But as I said, unequivocally, that these three are one. I believe it. And... Uh, and if you have any questions, please leave them in the comments or write me at ltmbiy at yahoo.com. I'd love to talk to you about it. I don't bludgeon people over the head with this, at least not anymore, because I can't convince you that the Bible is truth. I can't. I, I can't convince you. Get in the Word. Study it for yourself. That's all I can do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preach the word. I'm just giving it to you as simple as I can. As far as just reading it for what it says, I'm going to go to other comparing scripture with scripture. If you keep reading down through John 15, by the way, read John 14 all the way to John 15, 27. Please do. And for sake of time, we're not going to do that. However, if I were to go through all of that, you'll see how verse 27 of John 15 ends. So we will turn to that. Let's go back here. Now, remember, this entire thing, John, in John 14 and in 15, Jesus is speaking to his disciples, telling them who he is. He's teaching them the biblical Godhead. He's telling them, I, Jesus Christ, am fully God. Fully God, body, soul, and spirit. Every part of you, me that you see right now is fully God, okay? And as he goes down through here, he's talking about, remember the word that I've said unto you, verse number 20. It keeps talking about remember, he that hateth me hateth my father also, verse 23. If I had done among them the works which none other man did, verse number 24, they had not had sin, but now they have both seen and have and hated, excuse me, both me and my father. They've both seen and hated me and my father. How, Brother Mike, that's a, that's a contradiction. Got you right there. No man at any time has seen the father. Jesus Christ hath declared him, showed who he is. Every time you see God in the Bible, anybody sees him with their own eyes, Isaiah, so forth and so on, as we talked about last time, that's Jesus Christ. The same that was standing there. Now, did he look the same? Uh, no. He wasn't a, a lowly carpenter from, from Nazareth, okay? Uh, when Isaiah saw him, he saw the king the king of glory. He, he saw him in a glorified state. Jesus didn't come like shining bright and all that kind of stuff. He did one time. Uh, people call it the Mount of Transfiguration. When he was standing there and his face was shown and everything like that, his disciples freaked out. <laughs> read, that, read that account. 
they freaked out and, and hey, well, uh, we're going to set up some temples to Moses and Elijah as well, the ones that were standing there with him. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, that's the same thing that we're going to do when we first see him. When we see him, it's not running up and giving him a big old hug. You know, oh, you may think that now. And in my flesh, I'm like, wow, man, I can't wait to see my Savior. I'm going to give him a hug. Until you read Revelation and you see how we actually react. We're going to fall prostrate down in worship. Worthy is the Lamb. That's what we're going to do. It's the same reaction. When we see him, we shall be like him. <laughs> see him as he is. And all, that's why I love First John. The entire book of First John, boy, it is so rich in doctrine and full of stuff, and it just makes you go, wow. Thank you, God. Because without that, without him humbling himself and sacrificing himself, becoming the sacrificial lamb, dying on a cruel cross, shedding his blood for the remission of sins, that free gift, the gift of God, the Holy Ghost, would not be available to you, but it is. Humble yourself. You, you, you got to come to the end of yourself. If you're watching this and you've made it all the way through this video, what are you waiting on? The Holy Spirit right now should be convicting you of your need that you're like, I'm lost and undone. That's the only thing that you can really even understand of anything I've talked about anyways because the Holy Spirit is witnessing to you right now. Jesus is God. He died for your sins. He rose again on the third day according to the scripture to defeat death and hell for you. What are you waiting on? But as you go down through there, look how verse number 27 is. I told you I would read down through there. Verse number 25, but this cometh to pass that the word might be fulfilled that is written in their law, they hated me without a cause. But when the comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the spirit of truth, which proceedeth from my Father, or from the Father, he shall testify. There it is again. Testify. Be a witness of me. Now, because of that, Ambassador, I'm about ready to show you something. Verse number 27. And ye also shall bear witness because ye have been with me from the beginning. Now, of course, he's speaking to his disciples. They're going to go out and witness and all this kind of stuff. But because of the Holy Spirit that indwells us, we are a witness now. Well, I wasn't there at the cross. I didn't see that. The Holy Spirit that wrote this, that was there. As he said, he will say, you know, I will come to you, as he said in John 14, all these different things. Boy, we can bear witness, can't we? We can testify. It's in us. <laughs> so good, the witness. For verse number 10 and 11, I think we left off uh, in verse number 10. Let's read it one more time. Back in 1 John, he that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. Uh-oh, see, there it is. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar. You've rejected him. You've denied that he's God. I don't believe any of that. I don't need any of your religious, spiritual mumbo-jumbo. I don't believe any of that. Ugh. This is the witness. The, that in me is witnessing to you. I'm a witness. This is truth. No man cometh unto the Father but by him. He is the way, the truth, and the life. 
because he believeth not the record that God gave of his son. Here's the record. And this is the record that God hath given us to us eternal life, and this life is in his son. Remember, eternal means eternity past and eternity future. We have eternal life because who is in us. Because of who is in us, we also have everlasting life. Remember, we talked about that a couple videos back. But we have everlasting life. It has a, a beginning, but no end. <laughs> everlasting. But because of who is in us, we also have eternal life. Because it's Christ in us, the hope of glory. We have eternal life because he is eternal. The Alpha and the Omega, the beginning of the end. There is no beginning to him. Eternity past, eternity future. Always shall be. That's how true that witness is. That's why you can know. And here it is. Verse number 13. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. If you've done that, you believe that Jesus is God. He didn't cease to be God. He was God. He is God, and he died for you. I can't explain that even. I take it by faith. But he did those things for you in order for the shed blood, the perfect blood of a perfect sacrifice without sin to make a way for you to escape your deserved punishment. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death. I'm going to read that to you. I'm going to read it to you again and again and again. And here's another good one. Romans 5 and verse 8. But God committed his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And then when you read... In verse number uh, 23 of chapter 6 in Romans 6, for the wages of sin is death. That's your payment. You deserve to die. A sinner's death. That's, that's eternal separation from God. As you look in the book of Revelation, that is the second death. You don't want to be there. But the gift of God, the gift of God, is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. By grace are you saved through faith. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, as it says in Romans 6.23. Boy, it's so good. Now, this is the confidence, verse number 14. This is how you can have confidence in and of yourself. Not because of your works of righteousness that you have done, but because of him. That's why you can have the confidence. And even when you don't, it, like, oh, I don't feel it. It's overcome. Even that, it overcomes your faith. Even when you're not, you're shaking and wavering in your, in your faith, that moment of salvation is for eternity. Eternal life. And this is the confidence that we have in who? Him. <laughs> that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. Because remember, when you have the mind of Christ, how did Christ pray? Not my will, but thine. He taught us how to pray. That's why prayer is the surrendering of your will to his. Prayer is not asking. I have to say that again. Biblical New Testament prayer, you read it all the way through there, is not 
asking for things that you want. It's asking according to his will. It's surrendering your will. Therefore, if you're surrendering to his will, you're not asking anything outside of his will. If that makes any sense. It's not asking. Prayer is not asking, like, dear God, give me a million dollars, you know, whatever. That's so arbitrary. It's, it's, I, I guess that's a flippant way of even saying it. But you, prayer is a surrendering of your will. That's why I believe that the, just to label it, the sinner's prayer. I, I don't like that, that term. But when the person comes to the end of themselves, they do surrender their will. They cry out to God. Maybe not with physical tears. They may not be much, but they just like, I surrender. All to Jesus, I surrender. All to him I freely give. I, I can't do anything to get saved. I can't do anything to keep my salvation. I, it's all of you. That's what the confidence we have. I don't have confidence in Mike D'Angelo. Are you kidding me? But I do have confidence in him that we have in him, verse number 14. Verse number 15, and if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have petitions that we desired of him. Remember, it's not that we desired. If it left off with that, oh, okay, yeah, um, I want this, and I desire this, and I desire desired of him. It's a surrendering of your will to his. I'll say it a thousand times more. Verse number 16, now, this is the verse that I will give some of my thoughts on, okay? My thoughts, preface, I wish I had a little flashing things, a warning, you know, whatever. Uh, this is some of my thoughts. If any man see his brother sin, a sin which is not unto death. Now, if I see you, brother in Christ, or, you know, brother here, brethren, that could be women as well, sisters in Christ, Sin a sin which is not unto death, he shall ask, and he shall give him life for them that sin not unto death. I think, let's just read the entire verse. Okay, there's a period here, by the way. Just because it's one verse, there's two different statements here, two full complete sentences. There is a sin unto death. I do not say that he shall pray for it. Now, here's what I believe, okay? As, as simple as I can put it. The first part of this verse, okay, the first sentence is talking about me seeing you, a brother in Christ. I'm to have, lest you be overtaken in a fault yourself, we're supposed to have grace and all these kind of stuff, and we're trying to restore such a one. We're supposed to be doing all these things because we know that that brother in Christ, if that's what they're saying they are, um, cannot sin unto spiritual death. They can, however, sin unto physical death. Brother, don't do that. Don't go down that lifestyle path where you're just, you know, partying and doing all these kinds of things. You're going to be chastened. God will revoke your ambassadorship, meaning take you out of this world and put you into the country which you're a citizen of. <laughs> uh, don't do that. Don't do that. See, I'm praying for you, right? I, it, he shall ask and he shall give him life for them that sin not unto death. You can't sin unto death if you're saved. Spiritual death. I hope that makes sense. Now look at the second part of the, the sentence, okay? There is a sin unto death. I do not say that he shall pray for it. I think this is saying. Now I can have my mind changed biblically. Now I wrote this down. I can absolutely, I wrote it down, big letters. I can absolutely have my mind changed biblically on this. All right? 
but as we look at the next few verses, though, I think in context, the context it may give more validity to what I'm about ready to say. I think the second sentence is talking about the lost world, a lost person, a natural man. They can sin. It says here, there is a sin unto death. I do not say that he shall pray for it. Um, I don't pray for those that I'm fairly certain are lost, that deny Jesus is God and so forth and so on. I don't pray that God kills them because I know that there's a second death coming for them. I don't pray for that. If you watch anybody or listen to anybody that prays for somebody that they say, boy, this person is lost and they're on their way to hell and this and everything, God, strike them dead. That's not your place. I think this verse is talking about that. Now, I could have my mind changed biblically, but look at the in context of the rest of this and we'll finish up. All unrighteousness is sin, and there is a sin not unto death. It sounds like a, a, a contradiction, doesn't it? All unrighteousness is sin, and there is a sin not unto death. Hmm. So is this still talking about spiritual or physical death? Hmm. I think this, again, all unrighteousness is sin, and there is a sin not unto death. It's speaking about spiritually speaking. You cannot lose your salvation by sinning. If that has been secure, the people use the, people use the term eternal security, okay? It's been secured because of the eternal one that's in you. We've already read through that. I, I hope this make, this is all wrapping up of the thought, the entire theme. However, if you're without Christ, you don't have the eternal one that has sealed you into the day of redemption. There is a sin unto death. And I believe it's talking about the second death. But there's those that are saved. Remember the parts of 1 John, it's talking about, you know, those that say they, you know, haven't sinned, you know, they're a liar and the truth's not in them. Well, if the truth is in you, you can spiritually say that you are just as if you haven't sinned because of his righteousness. You can't say that about your flesh. We've, we've proven that over and over again from the word of God. You cannot say that in your flesh. You can say that in him is no sin. <laughs> and he's in us. And I hope that makes sense because look, look at verse number 18. We know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not. Are you born again? You sin not. Not you, your flesh. <laughs> again, I have to say that. Your flesh sins. Oh, boy, does it ever. Oh, wretched man that I am, Paul said. We can't wait to get out of here so we don't have the struggle of the flesh and sin and versus spirit anymore. Boy, I can't wait for that. We know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not, though. Why? Because Christ in you, the hope of glory, Christ in us. But he that is begotten of God keepeth himself, and that wicked one touches him not. Now, can you keep your own salvation? Have, we have shown that very clearly that from the word of God that you not, cannot keep your salvation. It's not dependent on you. Therefore, the wicked one touches him not. Speaking of the Holy Spirit has sealed you into the day of redemption. And we know that we are of God, and the whole world lieth in wickedness. You can know. You can know. I can't know it about you. I've, I've said this a hundred times. 
I can't know this about you, but you can know this about yourself. You can know biblically that you are, you close your eyes in death in the next second. You can know behind a shadow of a doubt, 100% certainty that you will open your eyes absent from the body, present with the Lord. You can know that. I wish I could know that about you to a 100% certainty. I wish I could. Um, but folks, you can only know that. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Are you in the faith? As we wrap up this letter, I will ask you again, are you in the faith? If you're in the faith, you can know. You can have that confidence again. It overcomes your faith even that Christ is in you. Verse number 20, and we know that the Son of God is come and hath given us an understanding that we may know him that is true. Oh, Lord, to know you more. To know you more, you need to know him, the word of God. You need to know the word in order to grow closer. Have the mind of Christ. Die daily. Be conformed daily into the image of him. that we may know him that is true and we are in him that is true, even in his son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. Jesus Christ is the true God. It says it right there as plain as day. In context, the antecedent to that true God there, to that noun prior, who's it talking about? Jesus Christ. This is the true God. All the fullness of the Godhead bodily and eternal life. In him is the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Boy, if you're not rejoicing at the end of this video and you've made it all the way through, you should be rejoicing now. Your joy can be full again as we finish up 1 John, verse number 21. Little children, keep yourself from idols. Amen. Idols can be anything in your life that takes the place of God. <laughs> Keep yourself from idols. It's speaking to saved people here again. Hey, little children, keep yourself from idols. Amen. Anything that takes the place of this, you try to put above this, is an idol. It's heresy. This is truth. Follow this, that you may know that ye may know. Thank you for joining me. If you made it all the way through this video, please uh, uh, like, leave a comment, and uh, God, God bless you. I hope that gave you some joy. The word of God that you may know and gave you some peace there. You can have that confidence as it says. Thank you so much for joining me. I love you in the Lord. I'll see you next time. I think we'll continue in Second uh, John. We'll be in next time, Lord willing. Okay, love you in the Lord. God bless you. Thank you for joining me on Let This Mind Be In You. I'll see you next time.